What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. Thank you for making me part of your week. In this upcoming episode, we have a ton of things to get to since I did not do a podcast last week. In this upcoming episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Buffalo Sabres general manager, Kevin Adams, and how I believe he did in his first offseason as the Sabres GM. We're also going to talk about the very hot start by the University at Buffalo Bulls football team, and we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills beating the LA Chargers and moving to 8-3, and three. so stick around and let's have some fun. All right, let's jump right into things here. We're going to start off by talking about Buffalo Sabres general manager Kevin Adams. I'll be honest with you, I didn't have high hopes when the Sabres announced that he was going to be the next GM of the Buffalo Sabres. They did not even do a general manager search and that had me very, very worried. But I got to tell you, I am pleasantly surprised by some of the moves Kevin Adam has Kevin Adams has made in this offseason. Let's go over a few and I'm going to grade him out and tell you his overall grade for this offseason. We're going to start with the first big move and that was acquiring center Eric Stahl from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for forward Marcus Johansson. The Buffalo Sabres made an instant upgrade when they traded for Eric Stahl. Yes, I know Stahl is an older center, but he is a a fantastic center and he immediately gives you that number two center that the Buffalo Sabres so desperately needed last year. It's just a fantastic move and if he can produce the way that he has for the entirety of his career, the Buffalo Sabres have a legitimate second line center behind Jack Eichel and that's only going to do good things for the Buffalo Sabres. The second move is the Buffalo Sabres signed Zemgis Jurgensens to a three-year extension, and they let Johan Larson walk. I gave this move a D-plus because it's not a very good move. You gave Zemgis Jurgensens a big raise. You also let probably the better player in Johan... Johan Larson walk away. That is a huge problem for the Buffalo Sabres. I did not like that move very much. I gave it a D plus. The only reason why I did not give it an F is because I think Zemgis has better upside when it comes to his offensive ability. I'm going to go back a little bit. The first move overall, I gave it an A plus. Going on to the third move in this off or the third set of moves, I should say, this offseason. The third thing I wanted to talk about was they extended. Curtis Lazar and Tage Thompson. I do like Lazar. He gives you a little bit of sandpaper and a little bit of edge that the Sabres don't really have on this roster. And I also like the fact that they signed Tage Thompson to a three-year extension. The kid had massive upside, was killing it down in Rochester. He got called up to the Sabres, had one game and injured his shoulder, and then he was out for the rest of the season, unfortunately. They also let Remy Alley, Michael Froelich, Jimmy Vesey, Wayne Simmons, Vladimir Sabotka walk. So that move in and of itself to, to bring back a couple of guys and then let a couple of these guys just walk away, I gave that a plus because I love, uh, like I said, I love Lazar on the fourth line, maybe even get him up to the third line at times when there's injuries or something like that, but he provides good sandpaper, plays hard, and has a little bit of offensive upside. Tage Thompson, as I said, has tremendous upside, and that is a huge thing for the Buffalo Sabres. I want that young talent here 
for the Buffalo Sabres and then letting those other guys walk. You got to bring in some fresh guys. If it's not working, you have to change it up. So I gave that move a B plus. The next thing that I wanted to talk about was the Buffalo Sabres. They signed Cody Eakin and Tobias Reeder, both to relatively small contracts. A very, very good move by Buffalo Sabres general manager, Kevin Adams. I really like that. They are both very solid bottom six forwards. Cody Eakin could potentially be your third line center. If he is your third-line center, I've heard a lot uh, A lot of people say that they don't like that. He can produce offensively. He does have a couple of 40-point seasons to his credit, I do believe. And uh, Tobias Reeder, he's just a good penalty killer, so he's going to kind of replace the Johan Larson in that, that penalty-killing role. So I do like that. These are both quality bottom six guys. They're both veterans, and they're going to be... Uh, um, you know, a little bit of veteran leadership on that bottom six uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. Very much like these two moves, the Buffalo Sabres, I give them a B plus again for these moves. Another one I wanted to talk about is that they re-signed Sam Reinhart to an, I don't want to say an incredible deal because they only signed him for one year, but they signed him for a one-year $5.2 million contract. I got to tell you, that is unbelievable. The fact that Sam Reinhart decided he wanted to play in Buffalo for so cheap. You're talking about a guy who averages 52 points per 82 games. That is not anything to sneeze at. He is a quality top six forward playing on Jack Eichel's right wing. He has been tremendous his entire career, and him and, and, and Eichel really do have quite a bit of chemistry, so I look forward to this year continuing to see them uh, moving forward. Again, great signing. I give that an A+. Next, you go on to re-signing Linus Olmark. The Buffalo Sabres re-signed Linus Olmark, and I give this one uh, a B minus. I do like Linus Olmark. He has very. He had a very solid season last year. He was 17, 14, and 13 with a, nine, a .915 save percentage, which is a very solid save percentage in the NHL. But I gave it a B minus because you can potentially get quite a bit better at that position. And it is a little shaky, especially with somebody like uh, Carter Hutton as your backup. So the Buffalo Sabres, they did only sign him for one year at $2.6 million. But I, I do like that signing, like I said. I think he is... Uh, going to have a very strong season for the Buffalo Sabres, but I just think that you could potentially get better, so I graded this one out as a B-. Going on to the next and biggest signing for the Buffalo Sabres, it is the free agent acquisition of Taylor Hall. My goodness, a one-year, $8 million deal. What a fantastic signing by general manager Kevin Adams. I cannot believe the Sabres went out and got somebody like Taylor Hall. He was the prize of free agency, and he chose to come to Buffalo for a multitude of reasons, I'm sure. One being the coach, the other being Jack Eichel, one being a short deal, COVID-shortened season, he's going to make $8 million, and he has a chance to play against one of the top five centers in the entire NHL. Just a fantastic move. I think he's going to have a great uh, a great season alongside Jack Eichel. Uh, he averaged a point 
uh, eight, nine, seven points per game throughout his entire career. So he is somebody that's going to instantly make the Buffalo Sabres better, a better team. He's going to play alongside Jack Eichel, and I just cannot wait. The Sabres have added some really talented players this offseason. I think general manager Kevin Adams has had just an unbelievable offseason. Overall, if you that one was obviously an A plus 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 plus. If you add all of these up together and you come out with a grade of an A minus for Kevin Adams in his first offseason as the Buffalo Sabres GM, he has far exceeded expectations of myself and I know a lot of you out there. He has just been uh, a revelation. Uh, so to speak. He actually looks like he has a plan, like he knows what he is doing, and I cannot wait for him to continue with this job as it goes along. He has done a fantastic job so far, and I just, like I said, I just cannot wait to see what else he does for this team. He's done a great job with the with managing free agents, with signing free agents, with bringing in veterans, with signing talent. Uh, the Sabres are in position to make a potential playoff push. And uh, like I said, I grade them out as an A-. Stick around for the next segment. We're going to talk about the University at Buffalo Bulls and their fantastic start yet again under Lance Leipold. All right, let's jump into segment number two here. We're going to talk about the University at Buffalo Bulls football team. My goodness, what a start for them. 4-0 and after almost not having a season at all. It has just been a fantastic time to be a football fan in Western New York. If you don't know about the Buffalo Bulls and you're watching this, Jump on, jump on the board or on board with me here. And I'm telling you, they're fun to watch. The Bulls have not scored under 42 points this season, led by their all star running back, Jarrett Patterson. We're going to get into that in a second. Their entire season was almost canceled because of this silly COVID pandemic. But after. Uh, a lot of pushback by the players in the Mid-American Conference. They have flipped the script. They turned around and said, you know what? We are going to have a season. We will make it a six-game conference-only season for the University at Buffalo Bulls. And I got to tell you, I am so glad they did because Jarrett Patterson would not have had an opportunity to shine like he has been. And this, the University at Buffalo Bulls would not have had a chance to shine the way they are doing right now. They start, they started out 4-0, and as I said, and they are in the conversation to be in the AP Top 25 in the country. It would be the first time the football team has ever been ranked. Obviously, if you follow UB Sports, they the basketball team for the Bulls was ranked a few years ago, got as high as number 14, and there was talks in 2018 about the University at Buffalo Bulls being ranked. They would potentially be ranked if they were able to beat the Army Black Knights, but unfortunately that did not happen in 2018. They actually got mollywopped, and it was not a very fun experience as I was there. I got to tell you, that was just simply not fun. 
But this year is completely different. Lance Leipold has got these guys focused. He's got these guys ready. And they are on the verge of being ranked in the top 25. They got 56 votes to be in the top 25 this week. That is good enough to mark them at number 27 in the nation. They are knocking on the door here. And I I just, it's just been so much fun to watch them uh, uh, play this year. And I, like I said, I am just so incredibly glad that they were able to come together. The players really push hard for this and play a season uh, the Bulls, as I stated, they had had an incredible start. Their offense is seemingly unstoppable as they have not scored under 42 points in every single game this season. The first game, they scored 49. The next two, they scored 42. And this past game, they tied a university at Buffalo record with 70 points in one game. The last game they got 70 points was on ESPN2. It went to seven over times to get to 70 points. The Bulls got that in regulation time against the formerly undefeated Kent State. Uh, I don't know their their names, but against against formerly undefeated Kent State. And they were said to be the two best teams in the Mid-American Conference. And the Bulls just absolutely laid a beat down on Kent State. It was an incredible feat to watch. The Bulls are just a very fun team, and they are led, as I stated before, by their all-star running back, Jarrett Patterson. If you don't know his name, I'm sure you know his name right now. Jarrett Patterson went off in this game over 400 yards and eight. Yes, I said that right. Eight touchdowns in this game. He was so, so very close to getting number nine and breaking the record. He also needed uh, maybe 20 more yards, I believe, to get the all-time rushing record in terms of single-game rushing for uh, the country, Uh, but Lance Leipold was not really aware of that, apparently, and took Jared Patterson out, and it was Kevin Marks who ended up getting the next touchdown to get them to 70, but that's okay. Jared Patterson is not really a a guy who hangs himself up on stats. He's uh, you know a guy who just wants to win and wants his team to win and wants to do everything he can to help the University at Buffalo win another conference championship. I got to tell you, as I stated, Jared Patterson is simply incredible. This these are his this is four game statistics right now. Okay, he has nine hundred and twenty yards, sixteen touchdowns in. Just four games. He has a 300-yard game and a 400-yard rushing game. And as I stated, the eight touchdowns against Kent State. This kid is incredible, unstoppable, and he is going to be a draft pick in this upcoming draft. I said that at the end of his sophomore season. He is a true junior, and I think if he comes out after this season, he will be drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. I think Jarrett Patterson is a day two. I think he's a day two pick. I think he is uh, in the third round. I really do believe that. I don't think his speed is enough to get him higher than the third round. I think he is realistically about a four six kind of 40-yard dash runner, which is more than adequate in the NFL. He can be a very, very good back in the NFL. He is an absolute stud back in college, a former two-star recruit. 
the kid that a lot of people they didn't even want. Uh, but James Patterson was the more coveted of the two, which is his twin brother. If you don't know that story, it is his twin brother that also plays for the University at Buffalo. They said they need to be drafted to, or they need to be recruited together. They want to play college ball together. University at Buffalo Bulls said, you know what, we're going to, uh, offer both of you guys scholarships, bring them on in, and Jared Patterson was kind of a throw-in, and oh my goodness, thank God he was, he has been an absolute revelation for the University at Buffalo. This kid is probably the second best player to ever come out of the University at Buffalo. Obviously, Khalil Mack being number one, James Patterson is going to be the second best bull to ever come out of the University at Buffalo and get drafted. He is just simply that good. Another thing that makes the the, the UB Bulls offense so good is their offensive line is incredible. They are so, so good. They have not allowed a sack all season long. Stretching back to last season, they have not allowed a sack in eight straight games. That is incredible. The uh, university really believes they have the best offensive line in the entire the entirety of college football. And if they keep putting up stat lines like this, I got to tell you, I will have to agree with them, uh, even though a lot of people might not. Oh, they're just a, a mid-American conference team, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not giving up sacks. Their running back is just going absolutely insane. What more do you want the offensive line to do? They are doing a tremendous job. Their left tackle is being talked about as a potential NFL draft pick. I mean, their offensive line is absolutely stellar. Their defense, their defensive line is also very, very stout against the run. They have allowed just one 100-yard rusher in four games this season. It was against Kent State. They have done a tremendous, tremendous job all year long, and they are led this season by senior Malcolm Koontz. Malcolm Koontz has 22 tackles, five tackles for loss, four sacks, and he was invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl this year. An incredible accomplishment. He's going to be another draft pick for the UB Bulls, and uh, we're going to talk about Lance Leipold. He has done just an absolutely tremendous, tremendous job for the football team at UB. If you watched their game or this past week, you know that Leipold is doing just a, a tremendous job raising money and getting uh, u- the university on par with a lot of the other big-time major college programs in terms of facilities and things like that. Their locker room is incredible. Their uh, new practice field is incredible. They're talking about a new uh, weight training room, which is going to be like a $5 million uh, endeavor. They're just doing so many big things here at UB, and a lot of it is because of Lance Leipold. He came from Division III, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, where he won six national championships at the Division III level. He's come to Buffalo. Obviously, Buffalo's not ever really going to be, unless we move con- conferences in the national championship discussion, but the fact that he has him almost in the top 25 in terms of uh, in terms of how good the school has become, he's just done an incredible job. Since 1999, the program has had six seasons of 500 football or over. 
Lance Leipold has four of them. The last four in a row, Leipold has uh, been bowl eligible in all four of them. He has just done an absolutely stellar job, and I think it is time. I know he got a contract extension in the fall. I think it's time to make Lance Leipold, especially if he wins the MAC Conference Championship and if he wins the uh, another bowl game, to make him the highest-paid coach in the Mid-American Conference. That's really what I do believe. I hope the university believes the same thing as I do. Uh, that's going to do it for this segment. Stick around for the next one. We're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills beating the LA Chargers. It's going to be absolutely awesome. They moved to 8-3. and three. Stick around for that next segment. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump into segment number three. We're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills going eight and three for the second year in a row. We talked about coaches uh, with the University at Buffalo Bulls, and I got to tell you, we, we have another fantastic coach in Buffalo, and his name is Sean McDermott. Him and Brandon Bean have done just a tremendous job so far with this Buffalo Bills organization. They have made them no longer a laughingstock in the NFL. They are contenders and are being talked about nationally as potential contenders in the NFL. It is so much fun to watch. I don't care how the Bills win anymore. I've come to that conclusion a few weeks back. I know a lot of people really care. Oh, it was a sloppy win. Oh, they didn't look that great. The offense looked like garbage. The the defense, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. At this point, I got to tell you, the Buffalo Bills are good, and it's fun to watch them win. I don't care how they win. Just win the game. How often, you know, I'm only in my early 30s. I'm only in my early 30s. The Buffalo Bills have not been good for most of my adult life, and I just want to enjoy it. I just want to enjoy the Buffalo Bills being good. That's all I want. I just want to enjoy them being good, and they are 8-3, and and I got to tell you, it feels great. It feels so good that the Bills are 8-3, and for the second time in a row, and they are just continuing their winning ways. They come out of the bye week, and they beat the Chargers 27-17. to Again, uh, not the, the best, the prettiest of wins, but they were able to still score 27 points on a day where the offense was not clicking. So that should really tell you something about how good this offense is when they struggled to score 20 points last year, and they had a crappy game this year and still put up 27 points. That's something to think about. Uh, and, you know, you want to complain about how the offense didn't look that good. But again, 27 points last year, they struggled to put up 20. So, I mean, what are we really complaining about, honestly? What are we complaining about? We can't complain anymore. The Bills are good. They're playing well. They're beating teams that they should beat. They're they're losing to teams that they probably should lose to, realistically. The teams that, you know, they might not be on their level yet. Do I think they should have gotten mollywopped the way they did against the Titans and the... the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. No, I don't, but you know, it is what it is. That's kind of where we're at. The Buffalo Bills defense also played a very, very good game, probably one of their better games of the entire season as they were able to uh, hold the Chargers to under 20 points for the first, I haven't said for the first time, but for, uh, you know, a very strong game by them. They had just a tremendous game, in my opinion, probably one of their best games of the season. 
And holding a team under 20 points is going to get you a lot of wins. It seems like the defense is really rounding the corner at just the right time heading into the playoffs. And that is going to be scary for a lot of teams that have to face the Buffalo Bills. In this game, Josh Allen, he played game manager. He went just 18-24 for a touchdown and a pick. He also had nine carries for 32 yards and a touchdown. The Buffalo Bills run game, however, did come alive in this game. As Devin Singletary had 11 carries for 82 yards, he did have a costly fumble, though. And Zach Moss had nine carries for 59 yards in this game. They both were able to find some space to operate in this game. They both had over five yards per carry in this game. Uh, If Singletary holds on to the ball, I'm sure he probably gets even more touches and a chance at potentially a 100-yard game in this one. But I got to tell you, I liked how the Bills ran the ball in this one. They were very much improved over the last several weeks. They, They found some success on the ground, and that is going to be big especially for a team like Buffalo who plays in really crap weather. They have to be able to run the ball also, you know, in windy, wet, sloppy, uh, snowy conditions. You got to be able to run the ball. You also have to be able to run the ball to take time off the clock at the end of games. If you cannot run the ball successfully, you're going to have a difficult time closing out games in the NFL. Leading the way for the Bills this game was Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis was able to uh, rein in three catches for 79 yards, including a monster catch down the left sideline where he just mossed the defender. It was a fantastic play. Josh Allen draws the defense off sides, uh, gets a free play, decides to chuck it up to Gabe Davis, and Gabe Davis makes sure that that play counts with a fantastic catch again down the left sideline. He also was a recipient of a trick play. Cole Beasley goes in motion from right to left, swings back around to the right-hand side. Josh Allen flicks him the ball. Gabe Davis does a great job faking like he's going to block and then releasing, going into the end zone. And Cole Beasley hits him for an easy 20-yard touchdown as he was wide open in the end zone. Great play design, great sell job by Gabe Davis and the Buffalo Bills. And that made it a two-score game in this one. Fantastic play. Great draw up by uh, Dable. Again, he's been just an absolute, he's been absolutely fantastic all season long for the Buffalo Bills. And something that I was very wrong about coming into this season, I am so very glad they have stuck with uh, Brian Dable. And, uh, I, you know, the, the offense is humming, essentially. The story of this game, though, like I said, was the Buffalo Bills defense holding a very explosive Chargers offense to under 20 points. The leaders were uh, Trey White in this game. He had eight tackles and an interception. Also, Ed Oliver had three tackles, one sack, and one forced fumble. He was not able to recover that fumble, but a great job by Ed Oliver. He also had another play where he just blows up the guard and is able to uh, completely muff out the run game as the other Buffalo Bills are able to come into the backfield and make sure that 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 run does not go for a very big gain. But the big story again in this one, we got on him over and over and over again. We gave him so much shit was AJ Klein. Just a tremendous game. It's almost like they just unhooked the collar and just let him go. Uh, he's been just absolutely tremendous the last mul- the last few weeks, the last multiple weeks for the Buffalo Bills. He was everywhere in this game. 
everywhere in this game. He had 14 tackles, one and a half sacks, and at least one tackle for loss. I didn't have the stats in front of me. That's just from what I remember. But just tremendous, tremendous game by A.J. Klein. Again, he has played absolutely incredible in place of Matt Milano, and he's making it very hard for the Buffalo Bills to want to take him out. The Bills are 8-3. and three. Fantastic job. Their next game is going to be next Monday night against the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are coming off of a 23-20 win against a very good uh, Rams team. So the Bills are going to have their hands full, even though the... 49ers are injury riddled. It does not matter. They are a good team and the Bills are going to have their hands full. They're going to have to come ready to play uh, if they want to win this game. That's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Remember, if you like what you hear and tell your friends, tell your family, make sure you subscribe, hit that bell so you get all the video notifications uh, on YouTube. You can hear me uh, for audio only. You can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course on Anchor. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Buff One. That's Sports Talk B U F F One on Twitter. You can also email me at Sports Talk Buffalo at Yahoo. Yahoo.com or sports talk buffalo at gmail.com. Once again, thank you guys for listening and have a fantastic week.